Hello, you're listening to Which Moving Pictures Move Us, and I'm your host, Emma Bolzner. This month, we are doing a theme of underrated live-action fairy tale films. We talk about some that we remember watching as a child and some we've never seen before. Today, we are doing something a little different than usual, and we're going to be talking about two movies instead of one. Um, the two TV movies we are talking about today are based off of the stage version of Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. We first will be talking about the CBS's 1957 Cinderella, starring Julie Andrews as Cinderella, and then the wonderful world of Disney's 1997 version, starring Brandy Norwood as Cinderella, as well as Whitney Houston as the fairy godmother, Bernadette Peters as the stepmother, and Whoopi Goldberg, Victor Garber, and Jason Alexander in supporting roles. And with me virtually is my good friend Christina. Hello, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> You're back again for the, the fairy tale theme. <laughs> I'm so glad. So the Rodgers and Hammerstein story, um, for those of you that may not be familiar with that, is a little bit different than the classic Disney version of Cinderella back in 1950 because it is a musical. However, the plot is pretty much the same with a girl named Cinderella who is a slave to her stepmother and stepsisters and longs to go to the ball to meet the handsome prince. Along the way, she gets help from her fairy godmother who turns her from rags to riches. Both movies are very similar to the stage version, so while watching, um, it almost is like you're watching live theater, especially in the Julie Andrews version. So Christina, what do we think of the 1957 version and 40 years later, the 1997 version of Cinderella? Uh, I really like both of them. I mean, I really just like the Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella story in general, and I love the music. Like, I really, really love the songs. Um... But yeah, I really like them. I think, I think like overall, I preferred the 97 version a little bit more only because, you know, it was made later. They were able to, to update it um, and have like such a stacked cast. But I mean, like Julie Andrews is so good in the original. I just love her in everything she does anytime. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I really like this too because... It's a bit different than the one that everybody knows, like the animated version and the Lily James version. And it kind of shows more of like different characters and other people get to sing and, you know, just having singing because the Disney version doesn't really have singing except like Bippity and the Boppity mice. Boo. <laughs> and the mice. The one thing that I do miss from these stage versions is when I do think of Cinderella, I always imagine her surrounded by her animal friends, and there isn't really connection with animals in either version, which makes me a little bit sad. Yeah, it's, I mean, like, I understand why they did it, and even in the Lily James version, like, she kind of has a connection with the animals, but not really, but yeah, no, I like the, I like the talking mice, I think they're silly. <laughs> I know, it's so fun, Jacques and Gus and the dog, and I, I love the animated version so much, but um, yeah, it was, so I actually watched the 57 version first, and then I watched the night, I did prefer things over, like, the other, um, in the end, I honestly have to say I love Julie Andrews as a Cinderella better than Brandy, oh yeah, but I really <laughs> liked the movie of the 1997, because it was, like, purposefully cheesy, which was kind of fun. Yes, it really, I, unsurprisingly, I watched it with Hannah, because we're in self-isolation right now, um, <laughs> and, uh, and it was like, it really leaned, one of the things we kept saying was like, it was really self-aware and like campy, but it knew that it was campy. Like it was like, yeah, it, yeah. we're silly. We're like bright and colorful. It's the nineties. Like it was, it was intentionally <laughs> like that. I mean, and also I, I know you've been to Disneyland, but you haven't been since you were a little kid, but like the whole, like the sets of everything, like the castle and the um, Cinderella's house is basically like Mickey's Toontown where everything is kind of wonky and there's like huge furniture and colors and it just looks really funny. Oh, you're so right. I like did not make that connection at all, but that's really funny. Yeah. So um, I had actually never heard of like that there were movies of this Rodgers and Hammerstein musical because we saw the actual musical. I think it was back in... 2017 yeah. the stage play yeah. well, I think it was 2017 um and that's when I was like 
found out about that there was even a musical of Cinderella. Yeah, because I'm trying to remember, like, did we... Because I know we saw, like, the big touring version, like, the, the Canada Cross-Broadway touring version. Did you also see it with me, like, um, at Theatre Under the Stars, like, the local theatre company? I don't know. I don't know if I saw... I think I just saw Beauty and the Beast with you at Tut's. I'm pretty sure I saw Cinderella at Tut's, but I do not remember who I saw it with. That might have been, <laughs> Maybe like, I've seen it twice. Maybe that was just me and my parents, to be honest. It could have been me, like, by myself. <laughs> I don't know. I have to, I have to think yeah. about it because I still have the program for the other one. Um, and we actually, I think we met some of the cast members as well, which is really cool. <laughs> yeah, we did. But they I think we saw Mamma Mia first together at the Queenie. Yeah. Yes. Def- that one I remember for yeah. sure. <laughs> um, I think I like while watching this again. I love listening to the soundtrack, but there's something about hearing the music while you're seeing them sing it and I just I love impossible so much me too I love that song I think that's my favorite and like my own little corner yeah I think yeah I really like those and I really I mean I love all the songs um I but those two are definitely like my favorites and I also like a lovely night when she's like singing with the stepsisters I just think it's cute yes (laughs) and I like the one where the prince sings to her um, do I love you because I don't remember the tides like do I love yeah. you because you're beautiful or are you beautiful because I love you oh I love that <laughs> and the 10 minutes ago they're all so good <laughs> they're all good like the songs are all good except for okay I don't know what your plan is for like how we're gonna talk about these movies yeah. but can I just say off the bat the opening number of the 97 one that they like wrote just for that movie not a good no, song I- I mean, I thought the opening. I was like, "What is I this?" I thought the opening was kind of neat, where we see everybody's feet, and we don't see like their whole faces or their bodies, and we just see them doing their thing in the the market. So, but bad. the song was, was very nice. Like, it started, and Hannah was like, "Did they write this for the movie?" And I looked it up, and I was like, "Yeah, they wrote it for this version." And we were like, "Uh, yeah. not good." Yeah, why don't we talk about? Why don't we talk about the 97 version first? Because I have thoughts. Like, as much I love these songs so much, I wasn't a big fan of, like, the 90s pop take on it, I gotta say. <laughs> and, like, the electric keyboard. You didn't like the little, like, funky, just, <laughs> the little percussion in the background. What, what's funny about that with me is I thought, isn't this funny how this movie is more recent than the 57 version? And obviously with, with the cast members, it's much more... Um, more modern than the 57 version but I found that the music in the 57 version held up way better than the 97 version it was so (laughs) 90s like it was (laughs) my my first thought and I won't go into too much but I was thinking hmm Victor Garber he is in two movies in 97 Titanic and this one and I thought I wonder which one was more successful (laughs) (laughs) Actually, it's funny you mentioned Victor Garber because he like came on screen and I was like, oh, who is that actor? And Hannah was like, I don't know. And I was like, oh, he played a bastard in a movie I saw recently. And Hannah was like, that doesn't narrow it down. And I looked him up and I was like, oh, he's Callahan in Legally Blonde. Oh, I always forget he's in that. I always associate him with Titanic. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, oh, that's why I recognized him. I recognized him from Legally Blonde. Mm. Yeah, and also the guy from Seinfeld in this. <laughs> Could this be any more 90s? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I've never been a Seinfeld fan, but I didn't know he did anything other than Seinfeld. And plus he had an accent. Oh, it was so silly. <laughs> oh, my God. His, like, little French accent. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, I really liked the prince in this. Um, I thought he was really cool. And he's also a Filipino actor, which is really neat as well. But I just, I liked his presence on screen. I loved the prince in that one. I thought he was so good. I loved his voice. I thought he was a really good singer. And he was just, he was cute. I was like, oh, he is charming. He reminded me first, before I knew he was Filipino, I kind of reminded me of Josh Chan from Crazy That's exactly what I said. I was like, we were like, this man has Josh Chan energy. And it was just like, even just like his, like... 
I think it was the character too, because Josh Chan is so like he's baby. He's a little baby man, and that's yeah. exactly what this prince um, was like. I did kind of like the idea of them meeting before they meet at the ball. Yeah, that was very interesting. Uh, I can't remember if that was actually in the play version, though. I think it was, yeah. but it was like they met differently. Um, yeah. Because I know, like, in the Lily James version, they meet before, and I always like when yeah, that happens. Yeah, I do, happens. too. I think it's, I think like, a nice meet, setup. I think they meet, like, when she's riding a horse or something. Um, later, yeah, when we yeah, talk yeah. about the Julie Andrews version, that does not happen. And I like that it comes full circle in the end when they kind of meet that way again, even though they had met at the ball. Um, but yeah, I, I want to go back yeah. to, I thought his voice was really good and I didn't think like no shame to Brandy or whatever. I think she was like a big actress in the nineties, kind of missed the boat on that one, but I didn't think her voice was very good for this part. I just found it to be a bit weak and with him, like when they did duets, I thought he was like, he blown, he blew me away with his voice. Oh yeah. No, I totally agree. I think like... Of the principal cast, honestly, I think Brandy was the weakest singer. But, like, I mean, she was, like, to be fair, she was up against, like, Whitney Houston and Bernadette Peters, but still. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I if you're going to cast... about it. Yeah, well, it's like, I feel like if you're going to have Whitney Houston and Bernadette Peters, you got to have a really strong singer for Cinderella, and she wasn't that strong. No, she wasn't, and, and it just kind of was, like very raspy and a very airy and as you know like when we were in choir that was never like they'd always tell us like do not sing like an airy voice like that you always want to have like it coming from your chest and it was definitely coming from her head yeah yeah no it was and like yeah I I thought that she was really cute and I thought like when she was acting as Cinderella I really liked her but when she sang I was like okay <laughs> yeah I, I found her singing um a bit contradictory to at her as Cinderella because I found her singing to be a bit aloof and silly but then as Cinderella I liked her I don't know it was it was different <laughs> yeah no I agree um what did you think of um Bernadette Peters in this oh I loved her I love Bernadette Peters I was like yes <laughs> me too I also okay <laughs> they sh I'm just saying they should have had Bernadette Peters be the fairy godmother in the Lily James version because Helena Bonham Carter is basically just being Bernadette Peters in that movie. I know. And I think it would have been so fun to like another, you know, 15-ish years later have Bernadette Peters back in a Cinderella movie in a different role. Because Bernadette Peters looks the same. Yeah, since she looks the same and she's still so good. <laughs> like she's still so talented. I just, I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was so funny. Um, I didn't think though, like the one thing is I love Lady Tremaine in the 1950 version because she's just so evil and I never find that any of the steps, um, mothers are evil enough and she just seemed too nice to me. <laughs> yeah, fair. Lady Tremaine in the animated one is like mean. <laughs> she's awful. She hides the key and like is super, oh, she's horrible to the mice. <laughs> she has the, she has a cat named Lucifer. Like she's evil. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, another thought I was thinking, and I think I'm wrong about this, but um, do they not rip up her mother's dress in the play version? Oh, yeah, I think they do. Or Because I was shocked that neither of them had that. Yeah, now I'm trying to remember, because you're right, neither of them have that in, in this version. Like, she doesn't even try to go to the ball in either of these. Cinderella's just no. like, okay, bye, um, which is, like, interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like in the, do you know what? Because in the stage version, you may remember, they like, because, you know, these versions are both like not even an hour and a half. Like, so they really beefed it yeah. up for the stage. And in the stage version, there's two balls. And I remember that when Cinderella's yes. going to the second ball in the stage version, she's like going to borrow a dress from the stepsister. And then the mom like takes that dress away. I don't remember what happens with the first ball though. Yeah, because... I was wondering because there was something else that I... Th oh, I know what it was. It was... Um, there was no male character. Now, Cinderella had a friend in the play version that actually likes one of the stepsisters. Jean-Michel. Yes. <laughs> uh, that was not in this as well, I guess, because they were saving time. But I was kind of disappointed that they didn't have that, that ripped dress scene because for me, it shows that Cinderella actually tried to go and she wasn't giving up. And she, you know, she had her mice friends help her and birds help her make her mother's dress. And, and it just kind of shows how she was so looking forward to this. 
ball and then in both of these versions she just gives up and she's just kind of like I guess I'm not gonna go and then all of a sudden she's like crying for two seconds and then the fairy godmother pops up and I kind of like that she was trying to stand up to her her um family yeah well especially since the message of like especially the the 1997 one is Whitney Houston shows up and she's like you can't just wish for it like if you want to leave you gotta you gotta be willing to put in the work and it's like well would have been nice to see that earlier yeah yeah I know and and she didn't even seem that disappointed about not going as well which I found yeah Brandy was just sort of like damn oh well I guess I'll go back to sitting in my corner yeah that's the that's the only part I was like, hmm, I think that would have shown a lot of character um, development, so she's not so flat. But anyway, that's okay. Uh, I did like in this version how they had some quotes that were very modern added to it, like when she first meets the prince, and the prince says, like, I'm going to treat you like a princess or something like that. And she replies saying, I don't want to be treated like a princess. I want to be treated with respect and kindness. And I thought that was really cool. That was very good. And there's, yeah. I think there's some other ones throughout it, like, like what you said about the fairy godmother, but, um, like just kind of like making things happen for yourself without waiting for somebody. And that's why people have such an issue with Cinderella because she just kind of waits for the prince. I never viewed it that way, but, um, I like that this one added some of those modern day. No, definitely. Thinking. And like, especially with like, you get that a little bit from, uh, from the 1957 one, but especially with Whitney Houston's fairy godmother, she's like... You can't just wish like, come on, you got to, you know, you got to do something. If you want to go, we got to, we got to put in the work. Like, come on. (laughs) Yeah. And even when, um, the stepmother is raising her two daughters and she says like, you hide your flaws until the wedding. And Brandy says something like, shouldn't you show who you really are? Um, I thought that was interesting interesting to see those like little dynamic moments where I feel like we see like brandy cinderella like speak up against the stepmom a bit more than in most versions which is nice yeah for sure there was also a nice kind of difference in this film where we kind of instead of having like the female gaze of obviously she looks beautiful in the dress but we kind of see it from the male perspective of how you know, with the the male gaze, how he's kind of treated like a prize to be won and how everyone wants to dance with the prince, everyone wants to marry the prince, but they don't care about who he really is. And he kind of has that that scene with um, Cinderella where he's talking to her saying, like, I'm just a prize to be won. Nobody wants to know who I really am. Um, and I thought that was a nice twist because I've never thought of it through yeah, no, the male's I think perspective. Like, I think that Cinderella adaptations are always better when you actually get to know the prince a little bit more and you get more of that... Yeah, right? He gets yeah. a name. First of all, name. he's not just the prince. But like, yeah, when he gets a little bit more of a character and you realize like, oh yeah, like he is also being objectified by all these women all over the kingdom who are quote unquote in love with him because he's the prince, like not because of anything to do with his personality. Yeah. And he's just told to have these balls by his mother and he doesn't want to have a ball. He wants to meet someone normal who doesn't want him just because he's a prince. And, and I like that he's not just some character we see once (laughs) yeah no definitely and and he's just he's nice I like him I was like oh he's sweet (laughs) I definitely like him um as the prince better than I forget his name now but better than the prince in uh Lily James's version oh yeah I don't know the actor's name I just remember he's the one who's in Game of Thrones (laughs) Yeah, and he's, like, in this show, I'm just going to look it up quickly, Bodyguard, um, I'm trying to think what his name is, oh, it's, um, Richard Madden, that's right. Yeah. I mean, he was fine, but he, like, his father died, that was really sad, but he didn't have much to him as well. Yeah, we didn't get enough he was depth just named from Kit. him. It was just, like, he's got yeah. a funny nickname and he rides a horse, don't you love him? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um... I'm trying to, what did you think of Whitney Houston? Did you, did you like her? Oh, I loved her. It's funny because like, um, Hannah and I were both saying it doesn't, like, (laughs) it's hard to say that Whitney's acting was good because it didn't really feel like she was acting. It kind of felt like she was just being Whitney Houston, but like, I would have believed that Whitney Houston was a fairy godmother. Sounds legit to me. Um, because like, oh my God, I love her voice. I was, I was so pissed 
that they only gave us the reprise of There's Music in You and they didn't give us the full version of There's Music in You, I'm like, you cast Whitney Houston as the fairy godmother and you cut one out of the two of her main full songs? Are you kidding me? I <laughs> cut the f- opening number that nobody cares about and doesn't sound good and give us both of yeah. Whitney Houston's numbers please I thought she was so good and I loved hearing her sing for impossible I was like yes 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 yeah I I tried to ignore the 90s like pop (laughs) in the background and just tried to focus on her voice and not on Brandy's as well (laughs) yeah I really liked her I I thought um it would have been funny to have more like comedic timing and that's one thing I missed with both of the fairy godmothers I think we'll we'll talk about the other one later but they didn't really have as good of like comedic timing. And I thought, I wish we had more of Whoopi Goldberg. And I oh, know that this is a musical, but I think it would have been really interesting to have seen her as the fairy godmother. Obviously, Ooh. she doesn't have the, the singing ability. But I kept thinking, it would be so cool to watch this. Like what I, I went into it before knowing Whitney Houston was in it. And I thought, oh, I guess Whoopi Goldberg is the fairy godmother. So I was a bit disappointed that she wasn't because I think she's so funny. Yeah, no, that would have been interesting. Like... Whoopi Goldberg isn't the strongest singer ever, but she's pretty good. And I like I love her acting. I, I love Whoopi Goldberg. So that would have been interesting. Yeah. And yeah, I think you're right. I think it like Helena Bonham Carter is like the only one who really leans into the comedy aspect of the fairy godmother. Yeah, the same as the animated one from 1950. Yeah. Uh, she kind of follows that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to talk about something else? I have some fun facts before we move on to the the next movie. Ooh. Um, okay, no, you give me your fun facts first. I'll think of if there was anything else oh, I wanted to I say. I do have one thing to say. The slipper in this movie was hideous. <laughs> oh, what was hideous? The slipper. The glass slipper. Oh my god, I'm so glad you brought that up. It was so obviously plastic. Yeah. I was like, wow, what a beautiful plastic slipper it you've given like, her. It was honestly, so funny. One of those kits you would get at Zellers where you'd get like a pretty princess dress yeah. and you'd get the plastic shoes. My plastic shoes were better than that. <laughs> it was so silly. It was really oh bad looking. I mean, at least put a little like ribbon on it or something, but it was just like this plastic, ugly shoe. <laughs> It was not good. Oh, my God. <laughs> I did like the dress. Not a huge fan of the blue eyeshadow, but the dress was nice. <laughs> no, that was too 90s. Yeah. I love the dress, though. I like the dress because it, like, it really reminded me of the cartoon one. Yes. Um, like, it reminded me a lot of, like, the cartoon Cinderella's dress, and I thought that that was really nice. So, um, obviously, Brandy... Um, She's just named Brandy for some reason. Uh, her name is Brandy Norwood, but people call her you Brandy. You know, like I don't know. Beyonce yeah. and, you <laughs> <Brandy>. know, Rihanna <laughs> Never and heard such. of her before this movie. But uh, she was only 18. Um, and obviously, she is the first ever African-American woman to play Cinderella, uh, which is really cool. She's the first ever? Yes. Oh, my God. Wow. And like I said, this is a TV movie. Um, so it didn't come out in the movie theater, but it... When it debuted, it w- came out on VHS, and it's one of the best-selling uh, videos made for TV that ever sold. That's not surprising. That's so cool. Uh, Whitney Houston was actually gonna be Cinderella. <laughs> <gasps> Why didn't they do that? I don't know. I mean, maybe she would have been a little bit old, but I don't know. I, oh, I thought whatever. It Just been put better. some makeup on her. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Yeah, put some makeup on her. Like, it's fine. I will suspend my disbelief if I get to hear Whitney Houston sing more. And she produced it, so I don't know why she didn't end up being Cinderella. She probably was just like, oh, I'm too old. Like, I'll yeah. cast somebody young, which is, like, valid, but oh, man. This is also the first multiracial cast performing Rodgers and Hammerstein's um, The Cinderella Version, which is really nice as well. Yeah, I really, I thought that they did a really good job with the casting because it was so diverse and also because they didn't like, they didn't make a huge big deal about like, woohoo, look at us, we've got black people in our movie, yes. everybody give us a pat on the back, we have people of color in our movie, thank you, thank you, we're the best. Like, yes. they just got to actors in a movie because they were good actors and it was, it was really diverse and I was saying to Hannah, we were watching it and I was like, 
damn, this movie was in, like, came out in 1997. Where was this energy when they were making Beauty and the Beast? Or, like, Lily James Cinderella. I know. Basically all white cast. Yeah, except Kit's, like, friend. Yeah. I find I that even, they were... I do not even remember how many people of color there were in Beauty and the Beast. I think there were two. <laughs> I don't even... Yeah, I don't even know. But I find that, like, now they do that pat on the back thing. And they make more yeah. of a deal of it. But back in, like, the 90s, when it did happen, people didn't really give a crap. They just got on with life yeah. and did it. And I find, like, now, exactly. in our generation, it's way more like, look at this. We have, like, you know, checked off the box of having, you know, an LGBTQ character. And we've given that person a big role. Then we have, like, a person of color. And we also have an Asian person. And, we also, and it's just kind of like, okay, they just go through the list. And it's almost, like, pushed in your face. It's very like, yeah, it's very like we are checking off our diversity checklist yeah. and making sure that you know that we're not racist because we have like gone through our little checklist. Uh. And it's like, maybe you could just, I don't know, have more diverse casts all the time. Like in 1997, yeah. that was a pretty good movie. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's really weird. Um, apparently, the actor that played the prince, Paulo, I want to say his name is Paulo. I don't want to say it wrong. He was 23 and she was 18. So there's a bit of a um, gap there. And it was both their acting debuts. Aw, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, so here's something like what we just talked about. There was hard to find somebody play the stepmother because nobody wanted to be mean to a young black girl. Uh, Bet Midler was actually going to be the stepmother. <gasps> Um, really? Which would have been interesting. Oh, that's interesting. Yes. You um, know, it's funny because yeah. I feel like Bette Midler and Bernadette Peters like get compared a lot in the Broadway world. So that's yes. interesting. I know they do. And she's such a good singer too. Um, it would have been interesting to see that, but she didn't, she turned it down. Damn. Oh, Bernadette Peters and Victor Garber, who are big um, stage play actors, starred together in the revival of Hello, Dolly. In 2018. I didn't know that. I yeah. honestly didn't know Victor Garber was still doing stuff. Good for him. <laughs> I mean, that that's cool. I always liked him. Um, apparently, Whoopi Goldberg's costumes and jewelry uh, cost $2 million to make. <laughs> what? Like, what is the budget for this movie? <laughs> oh, whoop, oh, my God. Damn. Yeah, I will say I loved the costumes in this movie. Like every time somebody came yes. out in a new costume, I was like, yes, phenomenal. The stepmother's outfits, yes, they were absolutely so nice. stunning. Also, like, I know that they're supposed to be the ugly stepsisters, but I think her name is Minerva. She was the black step stepsister. She was cute. Yeah. I thought she was so good looking, and her dress when she went to the ball was so nice. I was like, these stepsisters aren't ugly. No, no, I didn't think so either. I mean, the other one was definitely worse looking than the the black girl, but I really liked the other one. Yeah, I don't... I, I know the... the It was Minerva, and I don't remember the, the white sister's name at all. It was like Minerva and yeah, the other one. Um, I don't know. Right? <laughs> I don't know either. Because like in the Disney version, it's Drizella and Anastasia. I, I was going to say in every version, they give the stepsisters different yes. names and it's very confusing. And I don't know why we can't just settle on two. I don't know. <laughs> and keep it consistent across the board. Um, actually, the costume designer for this movie is also the costume designer on Bridgerton. Her name is Ellen Mirajnik. Mirajnik. No way. Really? Yes. <laughs> That's so funny. And it's very similar, actually, like uh, over the top, but brilliant with the colors. And it really, she really brings out, I'm assuming, because she did this in Bridgerton, the personalities through what they wear. Yeah, no, that's like, wow, that makes so much sense. Because, yeah, I love like, I know we talked about this with Bridgerton, but one of the things that like was so cool about that was even though it was a period piece, it wasn't all like, okay, we're going to put you in like your browns and your grays and your whites. Like it was so colorful and everybody very much had their own like style and color palette. And you could really see that yes. in this version of Cinderella too, which I loved. I loved how colorful it was. I loved how stupid and fake their house looked. Like I loved yes. it. <laughs> I was wondering though, did she know that he was the guy in the market that she met? I don't, I don't know. There's like, it definitely like isn't super it was never clear. established. I, 
Yeah, it's like never totally established. I feel like we're supposed to believe like when they have that little moment at the end when they like say the exact same lines back to them. Like that's when they're both like, oh, wait a minute. We've had this interaction Mm -hmm. before. Yeah, at the end. But like they don't really make it clear. We're just supposed to infer that ourselves. So I have no idea. No, and it actually just came out on Disney+. Plus. You couldn't watch it anywhere before um, because it was part of the wonderful world of Disney. So they released it out of the vault on February 12th this year. So it hasn't been out too long. Oh, I didn't know that. And I don't know if you had this, but I was watching it on my iPad, so it might have been my iPad, but did you ever find that there was, like, weird slow-mo moments while you were watching the movie? Okay, yes, like, I'm so glad you brought this would, up. Like, look really slow or something. Like, I don't know how to describe it. Like, when they talk, it was kind of blurry. Yeah, okay, so I... <laughs> thought that that was just like maybe it was my ipad yeah okay i watched it on my computer and i was like oh disney plus is like probably like moving slowly like maybe disney plus is just like loading these parts slowly Mm. but then it happened so many times i was like what is (laughs) happening here like how come like yeah you're right like there'd be random moments where it was like everybody was moving like a little bit slower than they should have and then it would go back to normal and i was like (laughs) what hello <laughs> especially in the scene and i thought well did they did they film it separately like when they weren't there but when um bernadette peters peters is on like the top of the staircase and she's looking down at brandy we just see like um bernadette peters face and then it's kind of like this weird slow-mo thing and then it slowly goes to brandy's face and i was like oh did they just film this at different times and like not speak to anyone while they're filming it <laughs> and then i thought no it's it's just the it's just the i don't know it's just the version of it on disney plus i guess like it didn't i mean it's kind of funny how the 57 version is like in better shape <laughs> yeah it was it was very bizarre. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it, it's still fine. You can still watch it in Disney Plus, and it, it, it doesn't really make much of a difference. It just kind of looked weird at moments. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, it was weird. Like, don't get me wrong, there was definitely some not good camera work in the Julie Andrews version, but at least that felt <laughs> like it was, you know, intentionally not good because it was the '50s, and that's what they thought cinematography yeah. was supposed to be like. Whereas in the the Brandy one, I was like, why are we so slow? <laughs> <laughs> I, I also loved how both versions had like you knew when a commercial was gonna come <laughs> yeah oh my god like I love the commercial breaks <laughs> <laughs> they should just put old commercials in the Disney one now because it doesn't matter kids don't know what commercials are anymore yeah they exactly. should learn how to be patient <laughs> um okay I guess we should move on to uh Julie Andrews version so this is like pre- pre-sound of music here she is brunette she's a brunette and she has long hair which i've never seen her look like before yeah oh my god no she looks so young and she looks so cute she does and it's interesting that this was actually like a cbs special because at the time a lot of people didn't have time to take their kids to the theater and they wanted to kind of bring it into people's homes which is really nice and if you do watch it the way i think you and I watched it. We watched it over uh, YouTube. There's like this little pre thing with Julie Andrews, like present day Julie Andrews talking, and she just kind of talks about a bit of the making of the film for like two minutes, and then the film starts. It's so cute. Actually, I will say so. I don't know because I like I looked this up with this movie too because I'd done it with Once Upon a Mattress, um, but. I was, like, curious as to the timeline of Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella just because, like, both of these movies are, like, the Brandy one feels, like, in some ways, like, really similar to the Julie Andrews one. Like, you can tell how much, like, they have taken from seeing the other one. Um, But it also, like, it's so different from the stage version we saw. Like, that one's, like, so filled out and there's, like, so much more plot (laughs) and, like, more characters. Yes. Um, And so I looked up the timeline and the TV version existed first. Like this was a made for TV musical. Um, Mm -hmm. And then they did, and then it toured. It was like, it did a US tour and it was like in New York, but not on Broadway. Um, Then there was the Brandy version and it didn't open on Broadway until the like quote unquote original Broadway cast in 2013. So it, like, wasn't on Broadway oh. until 2013. It just had, like, so many iterations before that that it was, like, right. an and old I, musical. 
but not really. And I also <laughs> read somewhere that in 2014, um, there was the first uh, person of color to play Cinderella on the stage, and it was Kiki Palmer. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I, I can't believe they waited from 1997 to 2014, but okay. <laughs> Very <laughs> That's yikes. That's like, what, 16 Very bad. years? <laughs> yeah. Only 16 years. Yeah. 17, sorry. <laughs> Kiki Palmer has, like, brandy energy, though. I yes. feel like they're very similar. Um, so, also, the other thing, don't want to go back too much with the brandy one, but I, what I liked about the stage play is that Cinderella's step-siblings actually, or at least one of them, actually becomes nice to her, and they become friends. And in this one, like, they're still mean, and then Julie Andrews invites them to the wedding. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I was thinking, we were, <laughs> Anna and I were talking about that. We were like, why are they at the weird, yeah, because I think this is like the only version where they actually get to come to the wedding and they're like there, yeah. which was interesting. I really guess weird. like you're supposed to be, I guess the joke of it is supposed to be like, oh, haha, like get it? Like they hated Cinderella and now they're like tripping over themselves trying to be nice to her because she's going to be a princess. Get yeah. it funny? And it's like, yeah, uh. it's, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't think they deserve to. <laughs> no, I don't either. But there they were. <laughs> um, what did you think of Julie Andrews in this role? I I love Julie Andrews. I honestly, I think that like, aside from Julie Andrews, well, okay, that's not fair. I really just didn't like the prince. I was going to say, I didn't like any of the actors except for Julie Andrews. That's not true. I just didn't like the prince. I thought he was like... He looked too old, and he was weird, yeah. and he was stiff, and his pants were too tight. Um, <laughs> but I liked his voice, but I didn't like him. Yeah, I liked his voice. His voice was very, like, this is a 1950s man who sings. Like, it was, like, very stereotypical. Mm-hmm. His, like, emphasis was a little weird on some of the syllables, like, Hannah pointed out that, you know, like, at that time, people weren't really trained to sing for musical theater, so he probably had an opera background, maybe, um, because his, like, syllable emphasis was, like, very strange in a couple of the songs, and I just, like, didn't really like him, and I didn't think he was very good-looking, so I was like, okay, whatever. Um, yeah. The Fairy Godmother was, like, kind of... Not like Josh Not Chan. like Josh Chan, exactly. The Fairy Godmother was, like, kind of mean. <laughs> Okay, the, I wanted to talk about this. So the fairy godmother wears the dress that Cinderella wears in the animated version, and she looks like the animated version of Cinderella, but she is a jerk. Okay, you're so right. I did not make that connection, but she does look like a human version of animated Cinderella. And yeah, she's mean. Yeah. I was just like, damn. She's like, what are you crying about? And then it's like, well, why are you even here then? And then I always think that with this whole, like, you have to be home by midnight thing... If they would stop singing Impossible and she would stop, like, being a jerk to Cinderella, she would have had more time at the ball. She got there at 11.30. You're telling me Cinderella got a half hour? she had, like, 25 minutes. (laughs) She's supposed to have... Who can... Like, how do you fall in love with somebody and get someone to fall in love with you in 25 minutes? Well, like, in the... It was funny, too, because, like, we watched the Brandy version last night, and in that version, she arrives at 11.15, and I was like, oh, shit, she only has 45 minutes. And then tonight, I was like, Julie Andrews only has a half hour. <laughs> like it's so awful but yeah she was a total jerk i didn't like anyone in this movie except i didn't mind the queen like the mother the queen i liked her like that conversation between her and the prince which didn't happen with Whoopi goldberg and um the pr- prince in that one so i did like that um the the king didn't have much of a role at all not like victor garber no he was just comic relief <laughs> but <laughs> I thought I loved Julie Andrews in this. I definitely loved her more than Brandy, also because her voice was just is just gorgeous. Yeah, I think it's like I think it's a trade off. Like in the Ju- I like Julie Andrews better than Brandy, but I liked all the rest of the cast in the Brandy one better than the nineteen fifty seven yeah. one. Although to be fair, the woman playing the fairy godmother was a good actress. They just wrote the character to be mean for yeah. some reason. Also, not like wanting to jump around, but it was really weird how the fairy godmother comes back at the end when and and Cinderella actually this is what's different about this version and like the whole story is that when the prince is like trying on slippers and every and on every maiden's foot in the I don't know state or the town or whatever 
Julie Andrews' Cinderella actually comes to the castle again to see the prince, and the fairy godmother is there, like, laughing at her, saying, oh, take her to the jail, take her to prison, and, like, mocking her, and when she does put the slipper on, it isn't the prince that actually puts the slipper on her foot. Yeah, it's some random dude. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was the love part, like, when their love was, like, perfect. Yeah. Meant to be. <laughs> and the fairy godmother's so mean. She's like, put her in the jail cell. Yeah, I was just <laughs> like, oh my, yeah, no, it was just weird. And I like, I I think what was weird to me too is like, when she arrives, like Julie Andrews, sorry, Cinderella, is like, <laughs> Cinderella is like, oh, godmother. And you realize you're like, okay, so Cinderella knows that this is her godmother. Yeah. And they've clearly had many, like at least one interaction before this because like she is established as her godmother, but she's only just now realizing that she's a fairy godmother. Like I know that people always talk about it with like the Cinderella story in general is like Cinderella's had a hard life why does the fairy godmother not show up until now? And in this version, there's really no excuse because, like, you've seen Cinderella before. You know her life sucks. And it is only now that you're like, hey, guess what? I can do magic. And I also found it interesting that when Cinderella is wishing to go to the ball, um, she actually comes up with the pumpkin and mice idea. Yeah, Yeah, no, that was interesting. So the fairy godmother does absolutely nothing. I will say it also, like, um, I was reminded of, do you know in, like, stage versions of Peter Pan when, like, Tinkerbell will pass out and then they'll be like, oh, my God, fairies, you know, need children to clap or else they'll die. Everybody has to clap right now. We went to that together at Playlist. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) When they're like, oh, my God, everybody has to clap or else Tinkerbell's going to die right now and they, like, get the audience involved. I thought that it was, like, it was, like, really cheesy, but it was also kind of cute how they had um, Julie Andrews' Cinderella because this was, like, for TV be like oh I just think that if if all the kind hearts in the world like came together and they wished uh you know that I would get to go to the ball like we would all like wish together and like everybody would have a good life and things would be better because all the good people in the world would like wish together like everybody wished together and I was like ah audience participation (laughs) I know that that's I, I do like when they do that um yeah, it, it's uh, it's interesting, this one. I also wanted to quickly go back to the prince for a second because I thought he was really funny. And when she's, like, so coming out down the stairs, first of all, we don't see her dress till, like, when she's actually at the ball. And the whole time I was like, oh, my God, is she going to come in, like, a silk bathrobe? Because that's what it looked like. And I thought, wow, the fairy yeah, godmother I was like, even this give her a better dress. be a cover. Yes. And so when she's like taking it off, he literally, there's like the stare between the prince and her for like two minutes. <laughs> this awkward stare. The pacing, the pacing in both like movies is kind of weird. Yes. But the pacing is way worse in the 1957 one because so many things at the beginning and the end happen so fast. And then yeah. Julie Andrews and the prince stare at each other in silence <laughs> for like two minutes. There's also that long pause when we're just staring at a pumpkin and it's like taking a really t- long time for either of them to figure out how to transform it. And it's just like we're staring at like an ordinary pumpkin. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like the pacing is so weird. <laughs> Um, I loved her dress. I really liked it when she took off the bathrobe. (laughs) That was, that was awesome. Um, also, I don't get, like, I don't want to pick at the story because it's such a nice story, but how hard is it to tell somebody your name? Like, how long would that take? (laughs) Yeah, and it's, like, it's, it's interesting, too, because, like, in the Brandy one, I feel like they, it kind of makes sense that she doesn't give the prince her name because she, like, when she runs into him in the market, she says, I'm Cinderella. Um, Yeah. And so then it makes, like, it kind of makes sense later that she doesn't give her name to him at the ball because it's like, oh, you know, you don't want him to know, like, you're, you know, a basic little servant girl. Like, you want him to remember you as the princess and, like, he already knows your name. So it, like, it makes more sense that she doesn't tell it to him then. But, like, in the Julie Andrews one, she just, like, stands in silence looking off into the distance for, like, 30 seconds. And then the clock strikes 12 and she's like, gotta go. 
<laughs> I know it's it's really weird. Um, and like also there's like this long another long pause where he says like, "Can't you tell me your name?" And then she like walks away from him and like goes to a wall and just kind of like stares up. And it's like in this moment you could be telling him your name. Yeah, I I actually I like watched um I go through this like terrible <laughs> rabbit hole all the time where I like watch whatever SNL videos are in my YouTube recommended feed. And there Same. was like a Cinderella sketch in there recently. <laughs> yeah. And there was like, I don't know if you've seen this one. I think it was like Kristen Wiig was Cinderella. Um, but there was a sketch. Uh, and basically it's like, you know, it, it like is a parody of the Cinderella story. And when the clock strikes 12 and she goes to leave the ball, the prince is like, tell me your name. And she's like, no, I can't. And he goes, please just tell me your name. And she's like, no, I really can't. I have to go. And he's like, you could have said yeah. your name by now and this all would be over. And she's like, no, I'm just going to go. And then she leaves. I, it's not the one where she has tiny hands, is it? No, that's a different one. But that one's also really funny. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I've seen that. Yeah, it's really, it's really weird. Also, the fact that the shoe doesn't disappear. Yeah. I, I've never gotten that one, but whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway... Uh, there's not as many facts about this version, but um, it was one of the most successful, like, because it came out, and this must have been a big deal back then, because, like, people would have, like, a brand new TV, and it was, like, the start of TVs in general, and apparently it is um, one of the biggest telecast films that ever came out, like, on, on TV straight away. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it aired on March 31st, 1957, and it was watched by more than 107 million people, which is insane. Damn. That's a lot of people, especially for 1957, but, like, that's a because lot of people you even think, now. Yeah, because when you think of, like, it coming out just on Broadway, only, like, a couple thousand people would see it, but with it being on TV everyone like watches it at like whatever with their family everyone can come it probably was a great way to have live theater come to people's homes and I think it was one of the first times they ever did that because a lot of people can't afford still to go to live theater yeah well it's interesting too because like last time we talked about Once Upon a Mattress and now we're talking about this and I was thinking Mm. because I was like it's it's funny how like right now or not even right now in the past like 10 years there's been such a boom of like you know these like NBC ABC like musicals on TV like Sound of Music Live, Peter Pan Live, uh, Grease Live etc and so on. Yes. Um, And it felt like it was such this like big boom of like oh my god we have so many musicals on TV right now what's going on but like there was kind of that same boom in, like, the 50s and 60s, like, there was Cinderella, and there was Once Upon a Mattress, and, I mean, later we got, like, the Brandy Cinderella. Yeah. So it's always kind of been a thing. It just sort of seems to come in and out of, like, pop... Like, there'll be these, like, booms of, like, 10-year concentrated periods where, like, a bunch come out, and then they go quiet for a bit, and then they come back. And and it's funny that in our generation we missed that like we started getting the live theater when we were like late teens again yeah um but when we were kids like we missed the whole brandy cinderella because it was three years before we were born but also like there was nothing really between 2000 and 2012 (laughs) yeah there was like nothing (laughs) really weird and i don't know if there was that much like in the 70s when our moms were kids as well it seems like it was like the 50s and early 60s yeah, and I guess even, like, the the um, Once Upon a Mattress and, like, Cinderella weren't... I don't think they were before, like, a live studio audience in the way that, like, the more recent ones are. But they were, like, they were very much, like, we're doing a musical that should be on the stage for TV, whereas the Brandy one felt more like a movie musical, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I have two more facts here. So, apparently, when she arrives at the ball at 11.30, the songs, they made it so that all the songs and all the dialogue would be exactly 30 minutes or, like, 28 minutes. So, um, it's the same amount of time she's at the ball, which is really interesting that they edited it and made it so it would be that way. 
Oh, that's cool. Because I noticed, like, they make a point of showing that the clock says, like, 1140 before they start singing 10 minutes ago, which I yes. thought was funny. <laughs> and then they sing the Do I Love You Because You're Beautiful song, and then there's, like, the waltz. Um, so it's really cool that it's exactly the same amount of time, like, half an hour. Yeah, that's interesting. I, like, didn't even notice that. So we watched this version on... Kinescope? I think that's Kinescope? I don't know how you pronounce it. Oh, I have you know? no idea. I'm going to say Kinescope, and it was black and white, but when it was originally um, broadcast back in 957, it was actually in color. Really? <laughs> yeah. Damn. It was insane. Oh, that must have cost a lot gorgeous. of money, so why are we... And now, like, 60-whatever years later, we're not watching it in color. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Well, actually, because didn't it... Um... I, I'm pretty sure I didn't it say in the, the description for the YouTube video that this was like uh, a taped dress rehearsal. Like this wasn't even what was broadcast. Oh, right. So maybe that's why it's in black and white. Right. I forgot because it didn't feel like a dress rehearsal. Yeah, at all right. Like it, it felt it. just just good. Like it was the final product. Yeah. Do you have anything left? You want to say, or should we move to the final judgments? <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I'll just say it with the final judgments. <laughs> so I guess we'll start at the, the 1997 one. So did, um, and I'm still debating this one. I don't know, because I, <laughs> I liked a lot of it, but I just, when I watch Cinderella, I need to like Cinderella, you know? But did the 1997 Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella move you or not? It definitely did for me. I thought it was silly. I thought it was like mostly cast really well. And even like uh, I Brandy grew on me as the movie went on. Like I if it, it didn't help that the first time we heard her sing, she was singing the worst song in the movie. Um, <laughs> so she like definitely grew on me throughout the movie. Um, but even though I think that she was, like, definitely one of the weaker cast members, like, everybody else was so good. And I loved yeah. how bright and colorful it was. I loved how silly it was. I think, like, it reminded me kind of of Ella Enchanted in the sense that, like, Ella Enchanted was very campy. And it was like, oh, yeah, it's, like, medieval times, but it's also the 2000s. Like, that movie. Yes. But it, like, it was even more, like, strongly, like, that movie has such a, like, 2000s aesthetic. It's intense. And this movie, like, it has a very 90s aesthetic, especially in what they did to some of the songs. But it also <laughs> still feels, like, very rooted in, a, like, colorful medieval times. And yeah. I just thought it was, like, silly and nice. And I thought, even though, like, the 95 versions of the song were, like, silly. I didn't hate them. I was just like, okay, we're doing this again. And the opening when they're, like, singing over each other. Oh, my God, cringe. With the, with the like, split screen. Uh. I was like, I do not know who. Because, like, as soon as they were, like, a few lines into the opening number. And Hannah was like, they have to have written this for the movie. Like, this is not Rodgers and Hammerstein. We were like, there's no way. No, no. The standards are too high with them. Um, oh, so when I was watching this movie, I really enjoyed it. And, like, I liked watching it. I also... Oh, sorry. Just to go back. Um, I really like the fairy godmother in the Ella Enchanted version as well. But we can talk about it if we do that movie. But I think she's really cool as well. And I think she copied a lot of Whitney Houston now that I've seen this version. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Um, but it's sadly, like, I enjoyed watching it, but I don't think it moved me. I just, I had a really hard time, um, connecting with the Cinderella in this version. And I just, I found her sometimes a bit aloof. I loved everybody else in this movie, though. I thought it was silly, like you said. I thought it was really unique with the prince having more of a character arc and more depth. Um, I loved the reverse roles of seeing him kind of as like an object and being objectified like we said I love Bernadette Peters if you listen to our Annie podcast you can hear how much we both love Bernadette Peters um Whoopi Goldberg Whitney Houston I was re I really liked her I don't think I've ever I mean I don't know how much of an actress she is but I really liked her in this if she's in other movies I think I'd totally watch it yeah, I, I'm, like, way more familiar with Whitney's music than her movies. I don't yeah. know if I've seen her in any other movies. Me too. But I thought, 
I thought Whitney Houston's chemistry with Brandy um, was really good, much better than the fairy godmother with uh, with Julie Andrews. Oh, yeah, I love the sets. Um, I just like the vibe of like Wonderful World of Disney and how that's that's not a thing anymore. But the whole movie in general was a bit too nineties for me, and it didn't move me. That is valid. The nineties are a very particular aesthetic. Um, okay, what about the nineteen fifty seven version? Did that move you? I mean, like, yes, because I love Julie Andrews so much, and I like I've listened to because I have like her um, some of the songs from the Julie Andrews version like saved on my phone, and I listen to them all the time because I love her and I love her voice, but like. It was, man, the pace, and, like, it was enjoyable to watch. Like, I'm glad I watched it. The pacing was just so <laughs> weird, and the I did not like the prince, and the fairy godmother was mean, and, like, it was just bizarre. Like, I definitely think out of, between, like, d- the two movies and the stage version we saw live, like, my favorite was the stage version, Han- like, easily. Oh, um, same. But, you know, like, this is, like, this is the start of it. This is the roots. And I love Julie Andrews. So, like, maybe Julie Andrews moved me, but the movie not so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Damn it, Christina, you took the words out of my... Um, I just... One question. Do they have the soundtrack to the 1997 version? Or... Because, like, when I look it up, I only see, like, the 2013 Broadway version and then Julie Andrews version. Yeah. I couldn't find a soundtrack to the um, the Brandy version. I need to, like, do more digging because I would be shocked if Disney hadn't released, mm. like, a CD or something. But I haven't been able to find it, like, online anywhere. Yeah, all I can find, like, on my phone is um, the, yeah. the 2013 Broadway and uh, um, the Julie Andrews one. And there's uh, the other one I found on my phone is there was, like, a touring version with Leah Solange oh, I love as Cinderella, her. which She's I'm sure so was also good. really good. And, like, oh. I bet that was amazing. So that one's also on, on iTunes, but I, I can't find the Brandy version, which is interesting. Yeah, maybe maybe it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm not, I'm not disappointed, but it's, like, interesting. Just the Prince's songs and Bernadette Peter. <laughs> um, yeah, this one didn't move me either. <laughs> I really love Julie Andrews. Like we said in The Sound of Music 1, um, it was really nice seeing her pre-Sound of Music. I don't think I'd ever seen a movie besides Mary Poppins um, be- like before that Maria role. So it's nice seeing her even younger and as a brunette with long hair. I like that the Cinderella's, both in these ones were unconventional and they didn't have like the blonde hair, which was really cool as well. Um... Yeah, I, I thought she was great in it. Her voice is excellent. You can just tell she has that, you know, opera singer background. And the talent she had was just amazing. Um, oh, yeah. The fairy godmother in this was meaner than the stepmother. We didn't really see much of the stepmother or yeah. the stepsisters, which was very odd as well. That's, you are so true. <laughs> yeah, the fairy godmother was meaner. <laughs> Yeah, she was meaner. Um, but yeah, Julie Andrews, I love any role she's in. She's just she's just perfect. She's just uh she's so gorgeous and she's just so captivating on screen. You can't take your eyes off of her. But the movie itself, I mean, back in the day, this probably was a huge thing. Like I said, so many people watching it, and it was it's really nice to think that the live theater was in your home and how big of a deal that would have been back then. Um, but the prince was really weird. <laughs> it kind of did it for me. And the fairy godmother. Yeah, I was not a fan. <laughs> but yeah, it was also weird. Just the whole ending of him not putting the slipper on her foot and her coming to the castle. It was very strange that they changed that all. But maybe they didn't do it in a real version. Yeah, I, I wasn't a fan of that. Because maybe this is the dress rehearsal version. So maybe it ended up being different. I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah, it was weird. I was like, I was not a big fan of the ending. I think like, I, yeah, it, it was bizarre. I don't know why they did that. I don't know why they didn't just have him find her in her house, like in every other version. Yeah. But whatever. So, so far for this theme, Once Upon a Mattress definitely moved me the most. I mean, fair enough. That movie's great. <laughs> it's so good. Um, so yeah, we'll, 
Thank you for coming back on the show for this theme again, Christina. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, if anybody wants to find out why there is no soundtrack for uh, the 1997 version, I just Googled it. Um, and I haven't like read any of these articles yet, but apparently there was a dispute between Whitney Houston and like the record labels. Oh. And that's why, why there was like no soundtrack ever officially released and it was a whole thing. So I'm going to be oh, reading no. these later. <laughs> Weird, because she produced the movie too. So that's, that's very strange. Yeah. Hmm. Um, also, if there's anyone out there that would like to find out why Julie Andrews' version isn't on iTunes or anywhere, that would be great too, because I would like to see it maybe in better quality again one day. In color, maybe? Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> if the people in 57 got to see it in color, I'd like to see it in color too. Um, <laughs> also, maybe there was a reason why they have taken so long to take the Cinderella 1997 version out of the vault and maybe they've only done it now since Whitney Houston has died after a couple years because it's really interesting that no one could watch it as well yeah I bet you're right I bet they couldn't take I I bet yeah I there's there's got to be a story behind why it wasn't released out of the vault until after she died that's interesting which is too bad for uh, like those the prince and brandy because that's kind of all they're known for i assume and the one movie isn't like being watched until now (laughs) yeah i like i have no idea i'd never heard of brandy before this movie and i have no idea if she did anything before or after this to be honest i like googled the prince because i loved him and yeah me too (laughs) apparently yeah he seemed to like he did a lot of stuff on broadway so like good for him yeah he's like 40 now it's sad but yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's how fast the 20 years goes jeez Uh, but um yeah so yeah thank you for coming back and i want to thank you all for listening and i hope we kind of i don't know inspired you to watch different versions of cinderella besides the known you know 20 i think it's 2015 version and the 1950 version and if you have any underrated live action fairy tale films you think we should watch, email me at emma reviews movies at gmail.com and don't forget to subscribe. <laughs>